Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together, and yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hey, Class Reunion. Welcome back to another episode. I have a special guest today, my friend Rich McNamara, and also my homecoming date. Uh, Welcome, Rich, and so glad you could join today. Oh, hi, Leanne. Gosh, this is so great. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I have to share with everybody, I call uh, ahead of time just to kind of get people set up and and think about going back in, in the 80s, because a lot of us haven't reminisced about high school in a while. And Rich shared with me where he was living. And I'm thinking, God, that sounds so familiar. So he is actually on his house and his boat. And he's right by me in Marco Island. So it's nice to have you in the neighborhood, although you have a much better cool environment than I do. But um, <laughs> it's nice to know we're, we're, we're neighbors. Oh, it's, yeah, no doubt. That was a, a complete shocker. You know, I've lived in Bonita Springs for nine years. And then uh, after my marriage dissolved, uh, I decided to buy and move on and live in a boat right down the way from where I used to work. So that was pretty convenient. And then lo and behold, you popped up. So that was awesome. Yes. And we had kept in touch because you were nine years and I'm I'm going on 14, I think, in Florida from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so we would talk periodically. I had actually met Maureen, so I knew your your wife. And yep. um, and then life changes, right? 29 years and you've had to just kind of reinvent where you are. And I think it's incredibly cool that you are handling life on a boat and learning all that goes with it. And you've shared like some of the things you've had to learn along the way. And it's just incredible. So I can't wait to continue to follow your adventures and what you're going to do. It's very cool. Well, I'm on Tank's Travels on TikTok and YouTube if you want to go look. So lots of stuff on there. Yeah. And not a bad backyard either. Hopefully I get to get over there and and see it as I invite myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you're right by a cool place called Stans in Marco as well, in case anybody's familiar with that place. It's it's a cool um, (laughs) music outside and it's just a great, great vibe. So Rich is in a very cool area. Yeah, yep. if you want to want to visit, it, it's a cool place to to go and uh, see Rich. I'll take you around. So, what was interesting is you and I talked about how we were, you know, good friends in high school, fast friends in high school. But really, you came after everyone had been there. So, kind of run through like you started at West Maple. You've kind of gone to different school systems, and and then how you ended up at Groves. Right. So I went seventh and eighth grade at West Maple, then went to Brother Rice for ninth and tenth. And mm-hmm. then ended up coming back to Groves for 11 and 12, where I got to finally meet you and lay my eyes upon you and loved you yes. from afar until I knew who you were and, <laughs> and then found yeah. out your mother worked there. And that was kind of weird. So <laughs> <laughs> I had my uh, bodyguard right in the, uh, yeah. in the front office. But, but so that means, okay, so listening to this story, what, what Rich kind of went through was 
little trials and tribulations from a sports side of things because he went to Brother Rice for the school, but then also for mm -hmm. for the academics, but also to to play. And um, he was very good at baseball and golf and football and didn't have that opportunity come to fruition. And Brother Rice comes over in 11th grade to Groves. And then there's right. a, uh, I forgot what you call it, period where you have to hold off so it doesn't seem like you're recruiting from another Right, school. I was ineligible because ineligible, I transferred from within the district. Yeah. Yeah. So that had to be weird to acclimate to some people that you knew, but come to a school and then you can't build those relationships in, in the athletic department because you can't play yet. So uh, was that first right. year kind of an odd transition for you? For sure. Uh, I didn't really know what to do. I found myself in the stands on Friday night <laughs> watching yeah. the game, which I had never done before. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just, you know, the school was so big with so many people and, you know, I just felt like I didn't even know half of them. So that right. was kind of weird. So the only way I could meet people at that point was in class or in the hallway or friends of friends or whatever. But I, I kind of wish I was able to play some sports. I would have met a lot more people quicker, faster. So that would have been nice, but wasn't to be. No, but you had a great personality to where everyone gravitated to you anyway. So it was nice that I, from a spectator, didn't realize that you even felt that way or that you didn't know everybody because it seemed like you did to me. So um, it really God. wasn't through us reconnecting and you talking to me about all of that that I forgot. I just thought you were right. part of the part of the crew early on. Yeah. So you did you did play football and and I've talked about some of the stories even with Simkey before um, having the opportunity to play in the old Pontiac Silverdome. And oh yeah, that was a, a a sad loss and and you felt you know bad at the time just because you hadn't played really. And then here you are having to make this game-winning field goal, right? Well, no, it would have been a game-tying extra point. Oh, okay. I think I kicked off to start the game. And then since we never scored, you know, uh, that was late in the fourth quarter, I believe. And then the extra point got blocked. So we ended up losing 7-6. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a hard burden to carry for a while. But, but. but to us, I mean, we, you know, as the high school kids, loved watching it. And it was a really cool experience for us to see our high school team play at, at a professional yeah. stadium. So that was really, really oh, fun. Was awesome. for us. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, my mom worked there, but we ended up, you know, having a, a you had a great relationship with her, I think. Um, she always, yeah. you know, thought you were a great guy. So we now are going to go to homecoming together. And what happened <laughs> at that point, we have to talk about the infamous party because it's in our yearbook. Everyone knows about it, even if they were there or not there. But we had a little glitch in the system where you were detained from going to the homecoming dance. And let's talk about the, the toga party. Wow. Uh, the memories are <laughs> flooding in. So yeah, the toga party was something else. I think we were at a float decorating party. I don't remember yeah. whose house. I know Julie, my parents Julie were Hort. out of town. Yeah. Julie Horde. Okay. That sounds right. And uh, my parents were out of town. And I think Jim Malkovich was staying at my house. And right before we left, I guess, he said we should have a toga party at Tanks. And I was like, okay, whatever that means. So we went back to my house and were woken up by the doorbell ringing. And there was, I don't know, gosh, 20, 30 people in my driveway. All the great girls in our grade brought sheets and grape leaves and rope and started drinking and 
started building togas and uh it was it was you're, a you're probably rough here morning. in his own theater department because everyone did come all all sat right. ready to go and yeah and i didn't know what the hell was going on like we were talking about this how we all communicated as gen x like how you got a party so out of control so fast without cell phones yeah. so like it's amazing right. how just at that party that news traveled right. so fast and by 6 a.m., everybody knew to show up at your house. Of course, I couldn't because of my mom working at the school. Right. But it would have gone off. But a couple things happened along the way. So you get to school. And were the cops already there when you got to school? I don't remember the police being there. I remember taking the picture, obviously. But news traveled fast. Right. You know, so here we are celebrating and posing for a picture, not knowing that the administration yes. down the way was fully aware of everything. We didn't know. Yeah. So, because it was a car accident, and that's how the police got involved. So, I, I guess they probably would have gone over there and told Mr. Lentz or whoever those guys were. Yeah. What it yeah. was happening. So then I got called down and uh, got. I think I got suspended, uh, grounded for sure from mom and dad, and mm -hmm. they told me I could play in the game or go to the dance mm -hmm. until I pointed out the fact that I was going with the <laughs> homecoming queen. Right. And they kind of. Well, we can't do that to her, so they let me go anyway. The other thing that amazed me was for everyone to show up at my house at six. What time did everyone else wake up? I mean, did I they know. get up at and, four? And they brought liquor, so where did they? They must have like taken yeah. stash from their parents' house. And or sheets. Like, where, where all the stuff come from? I don't even know. Did they make punch or something? Or um, I don't know what you guys. <laughs> I don't remember. Something. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I just I know I got to school and I was I was right. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and I just I chuckle that that picture made it into the yearbook because I know. everyone was in trouble. And yet it was commemorated. And I love it. It's such a classic 80s picture to yeah. have in the yearbook yeah. that there was some trouble. I think someone also got sick in class. So that <laughs> wasn't that great. That. And like we, you know, we think back to like when people would go out for liquid lunch or whatever you did, we had to have smelled. I, I didn't partake oh, in yeah. that part of it. But like, yeah. how stupid did we think our teachers were that they didn't know? Right. You know, yeah. if you were I mean, smoking or drinking, like. Right. It was common for me. I did it all the time. I have another funny, I, gosh, I just thought of a story. You mentioned Scott Zinke, yeah. but. Do you remember when Anthony Toma came to school to talk? He was like the Beretta guy and he was anti-drug yes. and anti-this and that. Gosh, I totally forgot da about David this. David Toma, this now. he was a former cop. David Toma, right. So I, I arrived at school and forgot that it was that day, the assembly or whatever, and Scott says, let's go. So I hopped in his car and around the loop we went and did our thing and came back and couldn't figure out why there was no one in the hallways. And then we remembered, oh, crap, it's the assembly. So, again, it's 8 a.m. and we're lit already. And we walk in there and the whole place is full. And so right. we were escorted by a teacher to the front row. Oh, my so we had to, gosh. So we went in front of the whole, you know, the whole school and had to sit right in the front row, just blasted, you know, looking up like, uh. So that was kind of and funny. And he, he was really interesting. I talked about him in my introductory podcast episode, which obviously you didn't listen to. So I'm going to make you listen to it. But I talk about it because he he had pamphlets and my mom was like convinced I was doing drugs and I didn't. And he would talk about, right. I took the, I saw people take heroin and stick it in their eye. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh no. my gosh. The visuals were like so jarring. Uh, it was incredible. You have to remember the state of mind I was in at the time. 
Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. If you remember, the, the class or the school went in the day, and I think the parents came either that night or the night before, or, but they had a section just for parents. And at the time, I was growing little plants in my bedroom. I would stick them behind the blinds to face the sun. So evidently, one day my mom uh, went in there to clean my room while I was at school and rolled up the blinds and saw my little planter. And she asked me what it was for. And I said, it's a chemistry experiment. We burn these seeds and then trying to see if we can get them to grow again. And she's like, well, your bedroom faces east. Would you like me to put them in your brother's window to get the afternoon sun? And I was like, sure, that'd be great. She no. comes home from that Tolman meeting and knocks on my door. That's not a chemistry experiment, is it? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, my mom would, um, when I, when I got my first house, I don't know why she did this because I, I wasn't even pregnant at the time, but she went through and she showed me where all of the hidden things were when we were kids. So do you remember like you had a coat closet and it was like, it would go up and under a little metal rod. It wasn't just a circle thing, but it was more like you hooked it underneath. And I guess that's where yeah. like, my brother would put his little paraphernalia. So she took <laughs> her hand and, and went up and down there. And then she took me in the basement and went in the rafters. And actually, the first condo I bought after my divorce, there was a pipe that was left no from the people that I bought before. Yeah, my brother still has it because I thought it was hilarious. Wow. I it. Yeah. And she was right, spot on, like all these same hiding places. And then the liquor cabinet, <laughs> like she knew at, at the end of the stages that we were putting water in the vodka bottle and, you know, oh man, oh, things yeah. we did. Yeah. My favorite hiding spot was I'd take the speaker grill off and stick it in the, the hole and then put the grill back on. The, like an outdoor grill? No, a speaker. My, like a oh, my speaker oh, in my the bedroom. Oh, a speaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The little mesh part. Yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite spot. That that was a good one too. Well, I don't know. I these are things that other people in my family did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had like speaking of classic parties, we also had a great precursor to the graduation at, at Meadowbrook Hall. So Julie oh, yeah. Linkletter had a party before <laughs> we all went to graduation. And I still was- have pictures of that. Yeah, you know, uh, I meant to. Yeah. If it, I've got to pull mine out too because I have some as well. And what I loved about that party was like um, talking about how people find out about parties. Right. A great mix of people came to that as well. Like it was not a clicky thing. It was a good yeah. mix of everyone from our graduating class, which I thought was so cool. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we shouldn't be drinking before our, our graduation, but it was really cool. Everybody that showed yeah. up. Yeah, Meadowbrook was just a short drive away, so that was cool. right. Yeah, that was a uh, that was an awesome party. I, like I said, I still have pictures, so it, it kind of stays in my memory when I flip through them every now and then. Thank you, Julie, for that. That was great. I know, right? And Julie's parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. And then speaking of graduation, you have this like serendipity John Hughes story of something else. So we we were so eighties. We had the toga party. We had the party before graduation, and then you have this totally neat send off with two friends that have gone through school together 
and had this experience at graduation that I know could never be duplicated unless it was in the movies. So tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. So Chris Rakowski and I drove to the party together. And then yeah. after the party, we drove to Meadowbrook together. And, you know, I think at the time we were all writing our names on our the square hats with the tassel thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the end of the ceremony and they ask you to flip the tassel over. I don't know if I'm doing it right way. So we all threw our hats up in the air and then one hit me in the lap and I looked down and it was Chris's. And I, I didn't know where he was in the in the pavilion there. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I have Chris's hat. So, you know, we meander out, say hi to the parents and we're walking around. I finally hook up with Chris and he goes, hey, I got your hat. So mine <laughs> fell in his lap. And his fell in my lap. I mean, I, I don't even, you can't even calculate that. No, and you were M, McNamara, and he was, so alphabetically, you weren't even next to each other. And and you yeah. were such great friends. I just think that is yeah. like, it, it, yeah. it's such a, a Breakfast Club moment or one of those movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just crazy. That's so cool. Have you talked to him in a while? Uh, we connected a year or so ago. Oh, maybe okay. two, three years ago. Uh-huh. Just briefly over the living? phone. I thought Michigan. A t- I typical remember. guy talks to him a year ago and doesn't even know where he's living. Yeah. <laughs> Quit asking me the hard questions. <laughs> Throw me some softballs. But I love that story. I had no idea that happened. And I just think that is really like something that's never going to be repeated again. And Chris and I also, come prom time, Chris and I decided to volunteer to model the tuxedos. Just so we could get free ones. Oh, like so, a Steve or something, or yeah, whatever the names were. Yeah, so we got suited up and wore it like a week or two before, and handed out cards, and then we got we got free tuxedos for prom. You're kidding! So that was kind of fun. Uh-uh. And I learned I that from the year before because I remember the, the the grade above us did it the year before. That is so, so cool. I don't re- I don't yeah. remember that. So that's that's something I am learning today. Smart yeah. move. Because it wasn't yeah. cheap. So Chris and I water skied and drank all day before prom. And then we got hotel rooms somewhere and filled the bathtub up with ice and booze. And that's about all I remember of that night. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That was my, my birthday and it was crazy. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Going back to the sports real quick, too, because you are such a good golfer. I don't know if you still are are out at all, but you you really were a, a great golfer. You ended up like doing very well with Grove's golf team. And it was something that we hadn't seen at Groves High School in a while. So, I mean, kudos to you and that whole crew and Craig, Russell. Yeah. and But we went to the state championships for the first time when you were part yep. of that, that league. Yeah, John so. Tui. We had a great team. Uh, and Judd Hershiser, you know, son of Gordy and oh, uh, yeah. Oral. Yeah. So he was a sophomore, I think, on varsity. So, yeah, we just, we just, the hardest thing about golf team is it's a team, you know. So if you yeah. have one guy that's great. That doesn't really help you because it's it's cumulative. You know, they post right. all the scores and add them up. So, you know, right. your fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth guys have to be good also. So we were it. just, we mm-hmm. were deep. Yeah. But then um, I played a, an amateur tour and I, when I lived in Atlanta for a while, a traveling tour. And then uh, when I lived in Charleston, I played a, a tour that took me up to Myrtle Beach and Columbia and Charleston and Hilton Head and Bluffton. And so I, really? I, I played for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I also qualified for the largest scramble in the world, uh, the Buick Scramble. We had to win three events in a row. Like, if you're in second place, you go home. And we won three in a row, got to go to Orlando for the week. And that was pretty special. And ESPN was there filming okay, us. Okay. You know, uh, the thing about this call is like, yeah, we may have had a prep call, but it's fun to like 
as jo- as memories get jogged, I'm learning yeah. more. We didn't even talk about that. So that is really cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I've got some sweet news to share about old time candy. They're all about bringing back the classic candies we grew up with in love. How you ask? With the Decades Box, of course. It's like taking a time machine back to your childhood, only sweeter. Personally, I've ordered from Old Time Candy to add some pizzazz to friends' milestone birthdays. And wow, was it a hit. Each box is jam-packed with goodies from the decade of your choice that will transport you back in time with a single bite. Plus, this family-owned business has been run by candy lovers for candy lovers since 2000. So if you're eager to relive the good old days, go ahead and check out Old Time Candy. You won't regret it. All right, now let's get back to the show. Before we do talk about uh, after Michigan State, I do want to just ask you, so I did send you some candies from, you know, the, the decades box. Do you remember like ever getting in the bike and going up to what's, you know, whatever store and did you have oh, yeah. a favorite candy that you ate? So right across the street from Walnut Lake Elementary was a drugstore and a market. So yeah, we went there all the time. We walked a lot, rode the bike a lot. But I in that box, I, I hadn't had a bottle cap or a razzle uh, <laughs> in so long. That was right? so good. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And then remember like the Zots when they would like melt on your ah, mouth yeah. and like make the fizzy yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 Those yeah bottle great. caps. I mean, that was such a, such oh, a great idea. Good, so good. thoughtful, Leanne. Well, thank you for being on. So we can move from high school, although there's so many things we can chat about, but um, it'll be fun at our 40th that's going to be next year to like re- revisit a lot more of this because so many stories. So you went to Michigan State and after that did move. Did you go directly to Atlanta first? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, just okay. a couple of weeks after graduating, I just packed up my car and moved to Atlanta. Didn't have a job, didn't have a place to stay, didn't have an interview lined up, didn't know anybody. Crazy. Kind of. I stayed at I stayed at the YMCA in downtown for two weeks. Got a job. Got my then I got my first apartment. Yeah, that was that was wild. Living in a YMCA in downtown, no air conditioning in June and July in Atlanta. That was hot. But then I got my first job. Got an apartment, and then I found out that Mark McGrath lived oh, yeah, kind of near yeah. me with his mom, and his sister Cassie was dating Matt Reed, and they were at UGA in Athens. So okay. I used to go up on the weekends to party with them, you know, cause it was fall. So I went to my first couple of bulldog games and holy cow. And I know. again, I, I was coming off a Rose bowl when, you know, senior year at state, it went to a bulldog game and totally different environment. Crazy. It was, it was my son who actually introduced me to sec cause I only knew big, big time. And, right. um, Georgia as well went to the Rose bowl and it was incredibly cool because it was against Baker Mayfield. For Oklahoma. And they were in triple overtime and Georgia was losing in the beginning really bad. And I was like, well, Joe, this is an experience. Like at least we're here because it's a classic stadium. It's, it's cool. But I grew up there in triple overtime. Oh yeah, that's right. In California. Yeah. And, um, and, and just to see that level of football was a little different. No offense to be 10. I, I know that's, but it's just interesting to see. Like the kids that are born and bred and have the weather to play year round it since birth. Sure. It's just a different different thing. Totally different. Yep. And then now we have Baker Mayfield playing for Tampa Bay. So it's it's kind of come in full circle. Yeah, how about that? So you had not been back to Michigan in many, many years either. So how was that coming back? Well, how many years? Yeah. Was it? Uh, 30. Uh, 30. 
Yeah, I just went uh, in September, October, stayed with an old school friend, went to a Michigan State game, my first one since the Rose Bowl of January 1st, 1988, went and saw my old house, went to the Franklin Cider Mill, went to Knollwood, went to West Maple, went to Groves, drove through the parking lot of Groves. It was unbelievable. It was And really how did crazy. you feel? Did it feel like memories were flooding back or had you been oh, yeah. gone for so long that it was like, wow, I don't even remember this? A little both, maybe. No, I, I remembered I could get around okay. I couldn't get there from my friend's house, but once I hit Corton uh, off of Telegraph, I could find it. But the thing that's, that struck me the most was, you know, like I said, we used to walk to Walnut Lake and walk to West Maple, and it seemed yeah. like miles and miles. And yeah. then there was, a, there was a hill right at Inkster and Walnut Lake Road mm. that yes. I thought was super steep. And so... I'm driving and I go, okay, here comes that steep hill. And I turn, and I look at it and it was like, it was like that. I'm like, what? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So everything was really small. My, you know, my house, it was, it was very bizarre. Going, I rolled through Franklin and saw my old little league fields. And I think I went by Rob Alvin's old street. I think Brian Tauber used to live back there too. Uh, I just, there was just so many things hitting me. Okay, so Rich, I'm going to um, break this up a little bit and play just a quick game, five questions real quick on songs. This song or that song from the 80s. Um, All right. And uh, here we go. Me. So, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses or Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi? Kind of neither, really. But just back in the day. I was never really a Bon Jovi fan, so I guess I'll go with Guns N' Roses. Uh, Back in Black by ACDC or Jump by Van Halen? Jump. Ah, see, I was I was totally, I was ACDC baby. How about Don't Stop Believing by Journey? Journey. Or you've got a, or you give love a bad name by Bon Jovi. I think you know the answer to that one. I'll go with Journey. Yep, totally. How about Thriller by Michael Jackson or I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston? It just wasn't my kind of music, honestly. Um, so who were your your influences? Well, I liked Led Zeppelin and The Who and Aerosmith yeah. and Steely Dan and the Allman Brothers, probably. I think like what I'm hearing you is similar to me, especially you had older friends at Knollwood. I was the youngest in my family. My influences were from them. You know, I had Carol right. King Tapestry. I was more 70s. Music, and I think that's what's kind of cool about us is we can go from 70s to 90s and have all different types of music. But my default is Steely Dan and a little bit of even ELO. Remember that? Oh, don't yeah. I had the bo- I had the first don't. Boston album. You know, again, my influences were uh, everywhere, but Nolwood because I had older guys there. But yeah, you have to remember also where I grew up, we didn't have cable, so I didn't we didn't have MTV. I didn't know videos unless I went to someone else's house. Yeah. So all those songs, you know, like Minute Work and uh, Duran Duran, mm-hmm. and you know, I wasn't exposed to that stuff. So that made a difference also. Because your parents didn't want to have cable. No, we, it just took a while to get to us. Oh, see, and that's the yeah. thing. Thank you for saying that because that is an assumption as well that yeah. we all had VH1 or um, MTV or cable. And that's, you're right. They were laying that foundation for the first time ever. And it didn't right. go to everybody. That's a good thing. Right. I totally forgot about that. Jeez. And I didn't listen to like American Bandstand or Casey Kasem, you know, top, you top didn't? 40, whatever. Mm-mm. See, I would put in my little Walkman and I would listen to Casey Kasem on every Sunday, go through the, the top 
top 40. Hmm. What was your first car, by the way? I had a Camaro, like Scott. Okay. It was blue, wasn't it? Yeah. Mine was darker blue. His was lighter blue. Yeah. And then we ended up taking that to Colorado together. Uh And then after we came back from Colorado, we ended up going up north for a weekend in his car. And I, he smashed it or we crashed it on the way up there. So yeah. I, think we, I think it totaled it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we had a very, we each had the same car basically. Okay. So as you're waving to your neighbors, um, final segment of, of Dr. Pepper unlocking this, the sweeter life. I see you've already unlocked it. So <laughs> what are your plans? Cause you've taken on this task of like, you have a beautiful boat from what you've shared with me and you've had to kind of learn as you go. So do you foresee any like really cool trips along the horizon or what's, what's your plan um, living on your boat? I have given serious thought to leaving the country for a mm-hmm. while. Guatemala's on my list. I have some friends that used to live right over there that they've been down there almost a year. No politics, super cheap cost of living, beautiful volcanoes, monkeys. I mean, who doesn't want to play with a monkey? You know, I thought of that or, you know, I could always do the Keys and then the Bahamas and run the Caribbean. But, you know, there's really nothing keeping me here. I got this big dang cruising boat that wants to go. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's very cool. And I think you should because that's the... That's the point of having it. Like you can only drive around Marco Island so many times, but now you can right. see the world, right? Yeah, and that's and the gold houses are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like I said, there's nothing keeping me here. I don't, I don't have any children. I'm not working anymore, and I don't want to wait till I'm 65 and then realize I can't do it physically for some reason. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope not, but I don't want to be resentful and look back and say, "Ah, oh, dang, I wish I had done that." So. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to do it. I, I like that. So, and I encourage you to do it. So Central, Central America. Here I come. See, <laughs> <laughs> <Si>, senor. <laughs> yeah. Eight, eight years of Spanish. That's all I know. Yeah. Me gusta. But I just want to thank you. And I know everyone's really going to enjoy seeing where you are today. Um, you know, we all have our challenges and in life lessons. And so, you know, you had a, a, a beautiful marriage at the time. And now this is the next chapter of your life. And I'm excited to see you explore those opportunities as well. And uh, I'm just so glad you're, you're my neighbor. So I look forward to to seeing you in person and catching up and uh, Absolutely. seeing, seeing the water with you and a few dolphins along yeah. the way and some manatees, hopefully. Uh, yeah, so oh, thank sure. you, my friend. I so appreciate it. You know, Rich and I had some, some trouble recording this a few times. So uh, the 10th time is the charm and I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, right. my friend. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, dear. All right, friends. That's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.